So I would like to uh, welcome uh, all of you for the uh, afternoon uh, session. The first part, just a couple of points of uh, information for you. And then following on from that, I'd like to speak to you on a, a theme actually around nature today. And then if there are any areas of questions which you might have, do please uh, type them in or, or, or speak, speak to them. Uh, this morning, uh, Sonia uh, sent, uh, uh, I thought, a very uh, good idea to encourage some formal um, meditation. And that is that prior to the meetings with you, which take place uh, three times a day, either with Sonia or myself, that there could be a 30, 30 minute sitting um, prior to the instructions or the yoga or the talk or whatever. For those who wish to come, everybody would be uh, muted, so that would keep it rather silent. And there's just um, uh, internationals uh, sitting in the silence for a meditation prior to when either Sonia or I speak. We would like to um, start that this evening. And in the 30 minutes, Sonia is on duty this evening. And if you wish to uh, have a sitting meditation uh, with others in, the, uh, in this uh, Zoom world, you're very, very much cordially invited. The same will apply tomorrow morning and also um, in the afternoon uh, period um, uh, with myself in the, in the evening. So today we'd like to uh, speak to you with regard to um, uh, the area of uh, nature and uh, human beings and make it as clear and practical for you, for us uh, as possible. There is the relative truth, the everyday language, and the everyday language, and sadly and unfortunately, keeps generating a division. This division separates one thing from the other. We repeat the division so regularly to ourselves and to others, and we think in such a way that the repetition, the habit of saying things in the same way, gradually with the feelings and the view, get confirmed as the reality. One of them is, I, whoever the I is, I am here, you, or that is there, this is me, that which is around me and further afield is not me. It seems that this duality and therefore the separation is the real. It feels like this is true. This is how things really are. And we forget the consistent repetition of the same, no matter how many people believe it, doesn't make, doesn't make it a truth. It's a view. And Dharma teaching is not a teaching which says um, uh, there is a separate self and there is a oneness. Not in the, uh, uh, in the language of the, the teaching. So when we 
experience ourselves, humanly enough, and the other with a gap, is it possible to know enough mindfulness, enough quality in the mindfulness, not to jump to the conclusion, this is the reality. I am here, that is there, this is how it really is. And therefore, a change in the way of looking, a real change, would be significant, deeply actually. It might contribute to a different sense. And that's what I want to talk about. <clears throat> in the relationship to, quote unquote, the outer, nature and outdoors get associated very closely. Nature becomes sometimes the non-human world. Sky above, earth below, trees, flowers, uh, animals and birds, creatures. That, that's, so I then go into the nature. But when I go into nature, when I have this view, then I come out of nature. I go back indoors. But if I can expand out openly to be more receptive, then there is no going in and out of nature because you, myself, so to speak, is nature. It cannot be anything else but nature, like it or not. And somehow this sense of nature without any division and separation is meaningful. And it's meaningful not to be one with nature as a spiritual experience, though this is helpful and, you know, and, and important and valuable. It's not for a spiritual experience. It's to change the response. It's to experience such an intimacy, it affects the way we think, we feel, we act and we engage and we speak. So uh, our practice is to uh, recognize, I mean, I've got to do a little um, usual uh, clicking here for people, sorry to interrupt, interrupt all, all, all of this. All right. So our practice and our response is to say, yes, of course, it's okay to speak in terms of, I am here, I like being in the nature. I am here, I like the non-human kingdom. It's fine to say. But I want to be so vigilant and so alert and say, this is a view. Let me not impart a reality to it. Let me make a shift very, very quickly as a practice to an experience of all this is nature. And to feel this experience, indoors or outdoors, it doesn't matter at all. To, and to see in feeling of it, what is the response from the deep when all this is nature? <clears throat> upstairs, upstairs is above this uh, living room I'm sitting in. I have uh, an office, lots of books, computer, printer, you know, all the usual stuff. And before coming downstairs to uh, talk with you, I've been uh, writing a little bit about my time as a monk and a little bit about um, the meetings I had with Ajahn Buddhadasa, who's uh, foremost uh, teacher in uh, Thailand. In the, in the south of Thailand, lived in the forest for more than uh, 60 years. And in my time uh, with him there in the forest, uh, there, he discovered with great passion and enthusiasm 
a Pali word which had kind of got lost. It, I'll tell you the Pali first. Ida Pacheyata. Not an easy one to pronounce. Ida Pacheyata. And when he discovered this word, this word, <clears throat> he spoke, I remember this rather well, spoke a lot about it. Ida means this. Pachyata means the conditions for this. And it's a transcendent, powerful statement. So whatever this is around, it is this due to the fact that the conditions enable this to be this. Do you understand? And therefore, human beings, we are an outcome of the conditions which produce this, which is called Christopher, which is called uh, the sharing, which is called the Sangha, which is called anything material, mental, or whatever. And therefore, an exploration of nature is to be clear about the conditions for this. A wise human being recognizes and explores the conditions for this and see which conditions are necessary to change to stop the suffering in this. Understand? I repeat, it's not not so easy to uh, uh, to follow. We live in so much into a separation. We want to break down this gap. Us and them, right and wrong, good and bad, indoors and outdoors in touch with nature, not in touch with nature. All of these separations, these dualities. And there is Ida Pachyata. There is this, we might call it life, we might call it nature or whatever. And this is owing to the conditions for this. The wise are the ones who are committed to changing the conditions when those conditions are producing suffering in this. That is the task of the wise. Always has been and is. Many of you, many friends, many people that you know, are already engaged in this. You are therapists, you are mind-body workers, you are counsellors, you are uh, lawyers, you are psychotherapists and psychologists, you are mothers and fathers, you are sons and your daughters and, and friends and others. So rather than being in the fear and blame which stops us from seeing ida pacheyata, what are the conditions for this, we say, let's loosen, let's work on the fear and the blame that goes on with us because it obstructs. And let me really, in a way, devote oneself to nature. We are manifestations of nature. We are not superior in nature. We are not inferior in nature. We are not even equal. We are expressions of nature. And to make that more subtle, what are the conditions for this? This you could put with a capital T. If any of the conditions, so-called affecting me, so-called affecting the other, are generating some kind of suffering, it is Dharma, which means duty, it means practice, to see what way we can change those conditions. And this is the word that Buddha would use here is a noble way of life.
really uh, precious, something really worthwhile our uh, taking, uh, uh, taking to heart. <clears throat> I mentioned before, um, there is a lot of learning um, that goes on when we have eyes to see and ears to hear. And Ajahn Buddhadasa, my old teacher, when we were in the forest, he went, he went to live in the same forest in 1933. And he died 60 years later in the forest in 1993. So at the age of 33, he would be about 25, 26, actually about the same age as I ordained. And in speaking to us once, this is a contact with the creatures here, as he would say, in the night, in the forest, it's really the time of creatures, many creatures being awake. And sometimes larger creatures, huge birds looking for creatures in the night sky, just above the treetops, or large wild animals, and that could include tigers in the earlier days. Yeah. And the forest, that means the birds and the small animals, would create, and I used to remember this as well, a huge noise in the middle of the night. And the noise from the creatures put a message out to all the other creatures, danger, danger. And then, because they were receptive. In other words, in our language, be mindful, suffering can be approaching. Either birds looking to feed on small birds or on the mice or whatever it might be, wild animals, big ones. And human being, that is the Sangha for us in this case and others, our exploration is to listen to the danger. We didn't listen. We've got coronavirus because we didn't listen to all the warning signals. We just took the previous virus and dealt with that. And then the previous one. And then the impact, the viruses with the chickens. 8 million cows had to be slaughtered in Britain 25 years ago. We didn't listen. Our politicians didn't listen. The, the danger signals were there, but we didn't listen. And this is what we've come up with because we didn't listen. We got so self-interested, the isolation of the self took such priority, we got out of touch with nature. Tragic not listening. In the back garden here at home, I got, and, and perhaps some of you have, it's a privilege to have a garden. It's an enormous privilege that my garden probably, I measured it once, it's around six meters by about four meters. This is the, the size of the estate. <laughs> and I began reading some time ago, and sometimes we read and it bears fruit. And this is what I have in mind. <clears throat> and that the re huge reduction in bird life, massive, 60 to 70% in this country in the last 50 years. And a major cause for it is pesticides, chemicals, pollution in the air, other animals, locally of course, cats, and so forth. So I decided, small gesture, and others do, to you can buy a big bag of bird seed. I bought, I think it was a 13 kilogram of bird seed. And every morning, with a cup, I have one little table for the birds on the grass, and with a good sized cup, 
spread the bird seed around. Here's the point. First, they didn't come. Why should they want to come to Christopher's Bank Garden? Nothing has ever happened there before, just the occasional pass-by. Then one or two began to come. And then, regularly, they're there. I can see them hovering around these days uh, for myself to go in the garden. Was plus the rat, he has a kind of special status now in the back garden. He likes his freedom. He won't go into the rat cage where we can catch him. Point being, there are eight or nine species, the small wren, the blackbirds, the thrush, the uh, chaffinch, the sparrow, the seagull, the crow, and the other, there are about nine, maybe nine or 10 species. What's extraordinary with it, plus the rat, they somehow or other, seagulls are a bit tougher, but somehow or other, they can coexist. They understand each wishes to eat. And sometimes the rat is within half a meter of birds much bigger than itself and much smaller. There's a coexistence and some kind of understanding. And I sit there at the breakfast table, I look out the back garden, look through the window and think, hey, we human beings, we've got something to learn about nature. We have something to learn about coexistence. These creatures, even though they're vulnerable, and there's one of the lovely farmers in Germany said to me, I just, you know, sometimes a person says something to you and you kind of and you get, go quite touched. It brought a tear to my eye. He said, the small birds, we have to remember this, it's a, it's a message for humanity. He's a farmer, organic farmer. He said, the small birds, they live in danger. Above are the hawks, you know, the big birds. And they will grab the small birds. On the ground, there's also danger, particularly with people's homes. And, home. and the danger much includes the cats. I see a cat gets right over my fence, which is probably two or three, about three meters high, and it's hiding in a bush. And I have to chase it out, etc. And he said this, and then the farmer said to me, despite the bird, big birds hovering in the sky looking for the small creatures the small birds or the mice and despite the small birds being on the ground with danger from the cats the small birds still keep on singing and that singing is a reminder to us big things are happening we call it the virus. <clears throat> There's all sorts of other impacts that are happening around us. We are part of all of this, but let's not forget to sing. Let's not forget to sing. And as one uh, of the participants yesterday in the uh, evening talk, because rather uh, lovely. Said so there is, there are the doctors and nurses, you know, the kind of, and all those many others who are kind of heroes of our time, including the most infected community of the virus, which are the bus drivers, as a percentage, more than in the hospitals, they are especially vulnerable. And in spite of all of that, there, there's something else which is precious and important. And in some hospitals, this is in America, with all the form and the real danger, with all the protection, 
some are taking off their uniform, finding a room, putting on the music and dancing. Just five star. But the human spirit living in serious life-threatening issues like the daughter of a friend of mine the daughter does in the virus ward 12-hour shifts two days in a row then two days off and another two days in a row of 12-hour shifts she's probably around 25 years of age she goes in most of those on the ventilator will not be there when she comes back. They've died. The 60%, it's a 60% survival rate from the ventilator. 40% will leave this world. And some, in all of that, human spirit has to free itself up from such commitment to service, to form and to risk dance. It's liberating. And then engage again that intimacy. And I think sometimes some of that I find, possibly you, that there's something inspirational. Something, wow, what women and men are willing to do for the other. Out of love and closeness. And it's not that you and I even need to know the person. They don't know the person. But they know the importance of life, as we do as well. So just in conclusion with you, <clears throat> just to, if I may, just cover over, uh, re reflect over the, the points again. There is a tendency which we have through habit and repetition, to make the gap, I and other, I in nature, I in the outdoors. But to catch it early, say, well, this is just a very conventional, everyday mind. And recognize or ask, since this is human nature, and since that is nature, then it's all nature. That's what. And to remember this, to really remember, and to see the way it affects the being, what's the response when it's all an expression of nature? What emerges out of the being? That's where our mindfulness and meditation comes in. Then we take it a little bit more subtle. For this, capital T, all this, universal this, local this, whatever, this human sitting here. Ida pachayata. What are the conditions for this? What are the conditions which contribute to happiness, clarity and wisdom? And very specifically, what are the conditions that contribute to suffering? What is the way to change those conditions? And this changing of the conditions that contribute to the suffering has incredible significance at any time, but now it's really, we're really facing it as a society. Thirdly, if you're in a form, you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you're a healthcare professional, you're working, as a son and as a daughter for your elderly parents, for your children, giving support to others. You're in a form. Do you remember the time outside of the form is really vital for the human spirit? Be inspired with the nurses and doctors. They find the room, they put the music on, they dance. And then they get back into their uniform and they're back with it. It's lovely. Human beings are kind of special for our uh, good use of imagination. And then finally, if we belong to nature, we are creatures in nature, we're not inferior, we're not superior to anything else, we are expressions of it, 
Keep your eyes out and open for the birds, for the creatures. Really observe them, watch them, listen, connect with them. Keep your eyes and ears open. Be mindful of the signals. We as a species are paying the price for not putting out the signals, not responding to them. We've really got to keep the heart and mind really clear, steady, mindful and open. There's no alternative to that. All right. Thank you for lending an ear. Let's have a uh, quiet moment together. If there are any responses, spoken or written, you're very welcome and I'll uh, use the privileges of the unmuting. <clears throat> have a little sip of water. May all beings know our intimacy with nature, as intimate as wood is with trees. May all beings live mindful lives. May all beings explore the conditions for the arising of this. Yes, <clears throat> if there are any, uh, let me just do the unmuting here. All right. Um, I'm just going to uh, take a look at the screen on the right hand side. Yes, anyone like to, if you wish to ask anything, anything you'd like to, I'll put on the, uh, I'll just click on the chat button uh, here. All right, anyone would like to respond or ask anything in um, any way, uh, please feel free to. And if not, we'll have a two or three more minutes of some shared silence together and enough for today. Yes. And of course, if there's any other area of interest which I may possibly be a little helpful with regard, anything on the mind at all, or can um, type it in as a question if you wish. Your name won't be, doesn't get mentioned, or you can ask from the screen as you wish. Shall we have a 10 minute meditation together? A few minutes. Yes? Okay with you? All right, let's, let's have a few minutes um, of uh, med meditation. 
And I'll just leave a minute to do at the end if there is a, a question as uh, we sit and I'll make it just a short guided meditation. Just sitting. Just experiencing the whole body sitting. Experiencing the body as nature. Elements, earth element in the weight or solidity of the body. Air element as we inhale and exhale. Heat element, feeling warm or cool or hot or cold, sometimes in various parts of the body. The water element, liquid element. The blood, the sweat. Saliva in the mouth. The times when we go to the toilet. So we're very mindful of element of a certain solidity the vibrations, elements, cells. The influence of the air element, breathing, the air touching our body. Heat element. liquid element staying close to this is a direct confirmation of the intimacy with the with nature which also depends on this Earth element, sometimes hardness and softness. Air element, sometimes the breeze, the wind, the air in the lungs. The climate, hot climate, cold climate, and the body, hot, cold in between. And the water, and blood running to the heart as rivers run to the sea. Being mindful of the hair of our body on our head in other locations 
into the arms, genitals and elsewhere, parts of the body. Just as we witness in the nature, the grasses, patches of grass, sections of grass. The air element, the winds, the breezes. The way it moves, the grass, flowers and trees, just as the air element touches ourselves. And the heat element, the sun. changes in the weather. Just as we experience environmental life, environmental life, interconnection. So the experience of the body Earth, air, heat, liquid is made up of the same stuff we call nature. Earth, air, heat, liquid. Recognition of the space, another condition that gives support to the elements. And our appreciation for space as well. Inner space of the calm mind. Space around when we're not being invaded or oppressed. Not wishing our habitat to be intruded upon, just as the creatures wish to support and protect their habitat. So we stay true to nature, endeavour to live in harmony in accordance with nature. We listen to the nature. We take notice of the conditions for all this. May all beings explore the intimacy of the elements. May all beings listen inwardly and outwardly to the signals. May all beings respond with wisdom, 
in the presence of this. Okay, well, thank you. So there's just a single one message up on the screen there. Take a peep. What about human nature during the virus? Seems to bring out the best and the worst in humans. This is PPE, not quite sure what that means, but being stolen, stolen solidarity. Um, the uh, arrival of this, uh, of the virus, I find myself as a, a Dharma uh, teacher. There are uh, two aspects, amongst the many, two aspects which currently are standing out for me. <clears throat> One is the application of the teachings and practices and finding fresh ways to reach out. One of them, of course, is as we are doing uh, today. Um, the giving of the reminders um, so that there is a, a trust that there may be a point or two which is supportive and helpful, which is then can touch deeper to give reminders about uh, there. And the uh, and really looking at the responses that we have so speaking been speaking to you about uh, trust and uh, exploration form and formless and uh, other th uh, other themes there and again with the area has um, of the hu human nature as the person says what is emerging out of us and there are some, as I mentioned, these inspirational and insightful steps that people are, are doing. And converting and changing things. So, small example, there was due to be the, uh, uh, the London Marathon. So that got cancelled. Then people started thinking about another way of doing something just walking around the garden a, 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 a lot. Or one person dressed up in 20, 26 miles, marathon, 42 kilometers. One person dressed up in 26 different outfits to acknowledge all the changes that are going on. And we, we need this creative imagination and service and dance to bring the best out of us. But also, as I pointed out, where it brings out the conditions which are not healthy, which are aggressive, blaming, uh, and much, much more. I mean, to see what, where is that occurring? What steps can we make to help address that? And similarly, if the best and the worst is coming out of us, and we are finding it difficult to handle, then we need the men and women, we call it, might call it the Sangha, I don't mean a defined group, but men and women of service, of wisdom, of skill, of love, to connect, which may then give us a little extra insight and energy to apply and make the best happen. And the best will happen when that which is most problematic isn't happening. And that won't happen if the conditions for it change. If you and I, we can't find the conditions ourselves, we have to, we need the humility. Therefore, somebody else, another, can be the wise voice to make the change, help make the change. So intention, you can, in, inwardly, the intention, I'm still not changing, okay, it needs a dynamic. Please bring out the best in your wonderful being uh, and in others, 
and take notice of the less than the best, <laughs> wherever it, it might be. And keep listening to the creatures. Uh, they, uh, we are their guardian angels, but in their own way, they may not realize that they are our guardian angels. They're telling us of the times we live in as well. Enough for today. All right, let's have a one quiet minute together. You know, meditation teachers, when one has an audience, the quiet minute is uh, precious, <laughs> the silence. So just a quiet minute and then we'll finish. <clears throat> May all beings make this period of time rich and insightful. May all beings find creative ways to respond to the variety of situations. May all beings live with love and liberation. So the time now is uh, five minutes. Five minutes to... Uh, two, three, let me see, five minutes to three, my English time, five minutes to four. Do join Sonia this evening and she'll be speaking to you, European, German time at around uh, 8 p.m. As mentioned, if you wish, at uh, 7.30, there's a silent sitting of the collective, two minutes before eight o'clock. Uh, Sonia will... Uh, announce or give the gong a ring to the end of the, the sitting and then she will offer the evening program okay thank you very much and uh, look forward to seeing you tomorrow bye now <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>